Welcome to the International Podcast. Conversations that matter from around the world. From politics, entertainment, culture, the arts, lifestyle, and more. The International brings you various perspectives from key voices. And now, over to the host of the International, G. Van Robinson. A very pleasant day to everyone and welcome to yet another edition of the International Podcast. I'm your host, Jeevan Robinson, here with you for yet another week. We've been having some very interesting discussions for the past several weeks and the whole idea really is to keep you informed and give you the necessary information that you may need to guide some of your decision-making processes as we go forward in these trying COVID-19 times. I am happy to have here with me today on the international Miss Megan Lyons and she's the regional vice president for Primarica Canada. We're here today primarily invited Megan to the program because we want to have a talk about financial health during these COVID-19 times. We've talked about well-being, we've spoken about different aspects of, of health and how people are coping and getting along with, during COVID-19. But today we want to talk about financial health. Megan, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with us also on the international. Financial health, Megan, let, let's talk about that. How important is it for folks to pay attention to their financial health normally, but even more so during COVID-19, the pandemic? Great, great question. And I love the fact you said normally, because I, as I always say, it's so important on an average and a general basis, but definitely during COVID, I think it really became the forefront and center for a lot of people to really understand and reflect and realize if they're in a healthy position or if they really need to make some changes. So I think it really brought to light how important it was to really have that financial health and understanding of of how to manage their accounts and make sure that they're on the right track. Mm -hmm. So in terms of yourself, your regional vice president, you speak to tons of people on a weekly, on a daily basis. What are some of, what are some of the issues that folks are saying to you that they have been experiencing? And what I would like you to do particularly is to give us a situation pre-COVID, some of the conversations you were having, and how that dynamic has changed when the pandemic started. In pre-COVID, it was kind of a um, day-to-day kind of struggle where it was maybe someone looking to begin a savings for themselves or, you know, purchase an insurance or, or look at, you know, re- refinancing their debt. And I think with COVID, it really took to light of really uh, honing in their budget, making sure that they have the emergency fund in place. Uh, when people were, you know, telling me they couldn't save before COVID, this is a real reflection to make sure that they have that savings in place. So those were the real changes in the conversations to make sure that, you know, while we're doing the budget, if we're going to do any kind of uh, game plan for a savings for their future or for their immediate short term, it's really establishing that emergency fund to give you that three to six months of cash available that you can use. Um, And a lot of the time that emergency fund falls within that, you know, line of credit that they have uh, with their bank or something. And that's not an emergency fund, right? We shouldn't be going into debt to to fund our lifestyle. So I think that was really the forefront of, of people realizing 
realizing that having that little cash reserve is a super uh, vital part in, of any economy, I think, in reality. One of the things that I would like you to talk a bit around, we often hear about insurance and particularly life insurance. And there's some folks who may not even pay attention to life insurance as a financial product. Could you just give our audience some insight as to really the importance of having life insurance? Definitely. I think there's such an important uh, around having life insurance. We talk about with our clients, there's five reasons to really ever need life insurance. Again, insurance in general is to protect your income should you not be here or to cover those expenses uh, if you don't have the funds available to take care of that. So if you have a huge amount in the bank or you have a great different bunch of assets that can cover these expenses, then maybe that's not what you need. But for the average uh, Canadian or or international uh, individual around the world, having some insurance in place is super vital. So in that means, you know, is it going to protect your mortgage? Is there enough to cover that? Is there enough to cover your debts outstanding? Um, You know, a lot of those times people think, oh, that's okay. My family will take care of it, but it goes to next of kin. So making sure it covers enough of all of your credit debts, all of your student loans, as well as your kids' education. So we look to make sure that that's going to be funded should you not be here as well. Uh, Final expenses, Reno funerals are very expensive. And last but not least is the the service survivor benefit who are you leaving behind if all of those expenses are taken care of does someone still rely on your income to maintain their lifestyle not to be rich but to maintain that lifestyle where that that family can carry on living in that standard of living that they were used to before so we look at those factors and make sure that there is enough in place either for the short term or the or the time frame that they need it for in the most cost effective way so that they can then redirect it to paying down high interest credit card debts and also building their um, their emergency fund and long term savings as well. You know, it's interesting that we're having this discussion today, Megan, and and I can't thank you enough, really, for agreeing to be here with me on The International today. And what's coming to my mind is that a lot of persons, normally we hear about insurance, but a lot of persons sometimes don't really think, well, hey, what if I lose my job? What if I get into a serious accident? I, God Mm. forbid, become disabled and stuff like that. And I think some persons may not make the connection between having uh, financial products that are out there that are available to help individuals throughout these difficult times. Is that something that you have experience in terms of saying to people, hey, have you thought of this and do you have this in place? Yeah, also a great question. And I think um, there's so many insurance out there. Like there, There is disability coverage, there's illness coverage. And what that means is that if you become disabled due to injury or illness, then your income can then be paid to you, um, a percentage, of course, right? So it, it falls within a factor and there's a calculation in place. But realistically, you would pay a premium. And if something, God forbid, happens where you become disabled, then at least you're sustaining an income for yourself. Um, that you're not relying on on the government benefits if there are any depending on where you fall within the world um, but again it's looking at what does that cover so one of the the caveats to that is knowing that if you change jobs that will be affected so if I work in a high uh, risk you know job maybe on a, on a construction site versus in a desk, then my premiums will be different accordingly. But also knowing that, are you covered when you're not at work? A lot of the coverage that we have sometimes if people have benefits or WSIB and things like that, you're covered on the job. But what happens if we're home painting and then I fall off the ladder? Then where is my income coming from? What kind of protection do I have? So having a disability coverage that covers you no matter where you are is really important. You know, 
a lot of persons, and I, I'm actually smiling as a, as a, this question came to my mind, people normally plan their finances around their savings. They have their monies coming in from their salaries, okay. whatever they do for employment. They pay their bills. They put something aside for savings, and they call it saving for a rainy day, whatever that rainy day may be. Okay. Would I, I, the, the thought that is coming to my mind is that old school financial planning. Would you, would you, would you, would you agree, or would you term it something different? A bit of a cheeky question, really. <laughs> um, like it, people can call it what they want. We call it an emergency fund or the rainy day fund. Some people call it their, you know, fun account or what have you. But th there really is three accounts that you want to build for yourself. One is a short term account. One is a medium term account, and one is that long term account. So the short term is that you know three to six months. Should something happen, you have enough to dip into, you're not falling into debt. The, the medium term might be the three to five year goal if you want to upgrade your vehicle or buy a new house, uh, you know, go on that family vacation. And then there's that long term goal, maybe 10 years plus. Uh, this is like your, your retirement account or your future long term savings that you're not going to look at or touch. You don't care what the markets are doing. You know, you're just going to keep saving and putting it away for yourself. So it really comes down to what that person's budget is. But even within that, um, there should always be something, you know, once the emergency fund or the rainy day fund is at that, that comfort level, then we can start putting towards the other accounts as well. Okay. Folks, we're talking about financial health, particularly during these COVID-19 times. And my guest today on The International is Megan Lyons, and she's the regional vice president for Primerica Canada. There are various types of, obviously, investment vehicles available out there for individuals. We've spent a lot of time talking about insurance, life insurance, and so forth, Megan. But for those folks out there who are not so knowledgeable and are really listening to this conversation to see, hey, maybe this is something I should go and research uh, some more and get more involved with. Could you give some guidance as to what else folks could consider in terms of planning for their financial future? Well, as you mentioned, you're on an international call. I think every country uh, has different products and different um, incentive programs for TAPS, even by their own government, whether it's for future retirement savings. I know in Canada, we call it an RRSP. In the States, they have like a Roth IRA or what have you. I'm not too familiar with their terminologies over there. But again, it really depends on what incentive programs there are to maybe help individuals save. There might be tax benefits to putting into these types of accounts. Um, within Canada, there is a tax-free savings as well where as you contribute to this fund if you invest it however you invest it any interest that's earned is always tax-free because it's after-tax dollars so you're not getting any kind of refund back on that initially when you put it in but again any growth is yours to keep so again, it really depends uh, when I when sit, sit with my clients, we want to find out what their goals are, what their risk tolerance are. You know, some people are really into going into the stocks for themselves. Some people are really conservative and they don't want to have any kind of bump around or effect within their investment portfolio. So whether it's mutual funds or segregated funds or just, you know, simple savings that's low bearing interest, it really depends on their risk. But those are things that you want to talk to with, with an advisor uh, that can help guide, uh, you know, your individual plan that meets your needs, not just, uh, you know, a run-of-the-mill, one-size-fits-all kind of thing. You know, and in terms of financial planning, many persons, they may either be planning for themselves uh, or if they have a family, uh, planning for family. In terms of your conversations and, and some of the folks you, you speak with, what are some of the 
average needs, I should call it that, of a family today in terms of the expenditure, what they're putting their money towards. Uh, we spoke about something like disability earlier, for instance, if accidents do happen. But what are some of the other financial needs that you have been seeing that families are encountering today, besides the obvious paying the rent and paying the mortgage? Well, I think a lot of uh, the families' needs today uh, include a lot more of the bills that we have that support our, our existence, our cell phone bill, our internet, our these these additional electronic costs that, that keep us connected to the world. So I think these additional costs, um, you know, are, are needed in this point to kind of maintain the, the connectivity, so to speak, if you want to will for that. Mm -hmm. So it really comes down to what that budget entails. Now, some parents, if they have their kids in different sports programs, right, there are so many different factors that make it individual, but it really comes down to what is that person's budget? Are they able to, are they overspending perhaps in certain areas? Maybe they're, um, you know, doing takeout too many times in the month, right? So there are ways that we can cost cut in different areas, but it really comes down to, you know, what is that person's important goals? And there's always room for improvement. So sometimes it can be saving a little bit on one area. Maybe they get a better deal by switching their phone provider, for example, and then that way they can save more towards their retirement or pay off some of their high interest credit card debts. Wonderful. You know, Megan, we often hear about various types of investment accounts and particularly what I want to focus on here for this segment of our, our talk here is, is, is educating individuals. Tax-free savings account, I wanted to speak around that. A lot of people hear about these, some people are already involved in them, but again, I like to on this program give information that is useful uh, for persons out there who are listening. Could you kindly explain the tax-free savings account? What What is a tax-free saving, savings account, sorry, and the benefits really of having one and and how folks could access these. Great. Yeah, so it's a Canadian-specific product, so you have to be in Canada to get it. Uh, sorry for everyone else listening. <laughs> but basically, once you have a, a tax-free savings, it was established in 2009 to be able to put money towards an account that wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, restrictive, like an RSP particularly could be. These are great tools for retirement, but can have restrictions to take out the money early if it's not for a house or going back to school, for example. So a tax-free savings is after-tax dollars. You can open the account pretty much through any financial institution. Uh, I'm not going to go into more details of the investment types, but realistically, any growth that you're earning on that is completely tax-free. Um, and every year, you can contribute uh, a certain amount to that account, and it allows you to build up that room over time. So again, and it does change depending on what the um, government uh, mandates are or, or inflation uh, as they as they create it. So in total right now, if someone, you know, for example, has a lot of excess funds, they can put up to 75000 I believe, 500 um, in that account. And that, again, by January will increase by another $6,000. So right now it's an incremental 6000 per year. Again, that could change. It was originally 5000 There was one year that it was ten, right? So it kind of is, is a little bit of a, a at the scenario, but overall, it just knowing that you can contribute a certain amount per year, and it is cumulative. So it, as long as you're 18 years old, um, you can contribute to this account every single year and accumulate that money, and any growth on that money is completely tax-free to you. you know, now, one, yeah. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
No, so for example, I was born uh, well before 2009, so I was 18 when when it first created. So I can contribute, you know, up to the full maximum right now if I have that room available. And if I pull out that money, let's say I had my full, you know, 70,000 in there, and if I take it out this year, I just have to wait a full calendar calendar year till January of 2022 to then have that room available again. So there are stipulations: you take out the money to just put it right back in again. You do normally have to wait until the following calendar year to access that full room that you had uh, used before. Wonderful. And sticking on the theme of investment education, we have some individuals who are risk averse, as you know, and some persons would dip their fingers, their toes into the stock market. Some folks are like, no, 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 I don't want to go into that. Mutual funds is an opportunity via investment vehicle that's available for some persons out there. Again, uh, we're around the theme of investment education. Kindly explain a little bit for us the difference, mutual funds, mutual funds, sorry, and direct stocks and shares investment please Right. Well, uh, to be completely transparent, I am not a, a stock investment advisor or dealer, so I don't offer those products at all. Yeah. But typically, anyone can open up one of those stock trading accounts. And if you purchase a direct stock uh, through you know, your accounts, then you're purchasing that, that stock in particular. So if I want to purchase ABC stock, then I'm going to own a little piece of that, uh, that, that full share. Now, whether that stock costs a dollar or $500, that will determine how diversified I am, how many stocks I can purchase, how many different companies, for example. Um, and so you're really taking on a little bit more of the risk of actually investing directly into that company. If you put all of your money in one company, obviously that can that can heighten your risk to gain or lose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a mutual fund is, is similar to the name, it's mutual. So you're mutually investing with many, many other investors, which uh, again, you're there's fund managers that will manage the mutual funds, and then they're they're buying and selling a whole bunch of stocks within that. It could be between 10 to hundreds of stocks within that one mutual fund, which then again lessens your risk a little bit. So you may not own a full stock of one company. You might be getting a percentage of that company within the mix of all of the rest of them. So that if one company seems to you know not do so well. It can average out with the rest of the mix of them. But again, these are real conversations to have when you're when you're finding out what kind of risk tolerance you have as an investor. You know, if you want to be fully exposed to different markets or even sectors of the industry versus you want to keep it a lot more safe, then there are different options as well. You know, Megan, you're the regional vice president for Primerica Canada. And I would just like you just to spend maybe uh, 30 seconds to a minute at least talking to us about your organization and exactly uh, the products that you offer, some of which you've mentioned before, but in terms of your organization from this whole conversation standpoint of financial planning and financial well-being. Well, and just to clarify, I'm one of many regional vice presidents across Canada uh, for Primerica Canada, and there are multiple, many, many more uh, across the United States as well. Uh, so we are just one of many. Uh, we're, we're essentially a branch manager. So uh, so I have a, an office and we have advisors that work throughout it. Um, however, you know, Primerica itself is a life insurance company. It's, it was founded back in 1977. We moved into Canada in 86, and we have over, you know, 100,000 uh, agent uh, clients with us and we're going towards 100,000 uh, agents as well so we're definitely on the move and growing and and we're just um, you know I love working for the firm of being able to educate and teach families how to become properly protected debt-free and financially independent for themselves wonderful 
Well, Megan, I want to thank you most kindly for sharing such invaluable information, for helping to inform and educate our audience today. Before we go, I would just like to ask you a bit of a futuristic question, really, in terms of where, where, where do you see your industry moving towards? COVID-19 has changed so much uh, across so many aspects of our lives. And of course, financial health, financial well-being, financial planning is also critical as we move forward. What is the... What are the prospects for the future? Do you see continued growth, uh, new products? How is technology impacting your industry also? Well, those are much more uh, direct for my head office. I, I'd love to find out all the scoop of what's what's new and, and, and coming. But, you know, we're always evolving. I mean, the company is just a tremendous uh, force in terms of innovation and technologies. And we've moved a lot of uh, what we can do online. So we're doing a lot more of our, our client interactions uh, through through uh, video interactions as well. We're Obviously, with social distancing, we may not necessarily be able to meet physically face-to-face with our clients anymore. Uh, but a lot of the times we can do it now uh, through our, our, our platforms that we can use through I don't want to mention any companies because obviously <laughs> we don't know who is what platform they're using but however there's always new innovative uh, products that they're working on to make sure that we're meeting the clients needs in terms of obviously making sure they're protected and, and gaining towards that financial independence for themselves and debt freedom Thank you so much, folks. You are listening here to the International Podcast, and we have been speaking with Megan Lyons, and she's a financial representative, regional vice president uh, here in the Ontario region for Primarica Canada. Megan, I want to thank you so much for making the time to speak with me here on the International today. I wish you continued success, and hopefully in the future you would come back and have further conversations conversations with us in terms of financial health and financial well-being. Thank you, Jivan, so much for your time and have a wonderful day as well. Thank you, Megan. Folks, that's the end of The International. Until we meet again next week, I am your host, Jivan Robinson, saying have yourself a wonderful day. The International Podcast, conversations that matter from around the world, from politics, entertainment, culture, the arts, lifestyle, and more. The International brings you various perspectives from key voices.